0: New York, New York, big city of dreams I'm call, call, call,
1: call straight out, out New York, New York, big city of dreams NYC. What's going on? It's Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show here giving you that Nick's talk just in the Nick of Time and it's time to celebrate that win uh, because the Knicks beat the Grizzlies 123 to 113. Dante DiVincenzo gives you 33, 32 points, five assists and five rebounds. Brunson gives you 27 points and eight assists. Miles McBride gives you a little bit of something shooting off the dribble, hitting layups, and gives you 12 points, two steals, and three assists. Precious Achua is offensive to rebound out in these streets with 17 points, three steals, and a block. Josh Hart gives you the hustle and gives you a double-double with 10 points and 10 rebounds. And Hartenstein gives you 17 points, eight rebounds, three blocks, two steals, real, looking like real defensive, defensive player of the year-ish kind of light over here. Shout out to Josh Hart. Knicks gave us 13 steals on the night, and um, there was a little bit of a scare. There was a scare where the Knicks allowed the Grizzlies to score 39 points in the fourth quarter when they went on an 18-1 run. The Knicks were, had a 24-point lead in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden, the, Knicks, the, the Grizzlies cut it to nine. Then Dylan Brunson fell down and seemingly twisted his ankle. Then the Grizzlies cut it to four. But then Dante DiVincenzo said, give me the ball, became the point guard, hit a few big threes. We got a big, a few big tippins and the Knicks end up winning the game. So it, it, it was a little bit of a scare. You know, we, we, we were supposed to take care of business. We didn't exactly do what we were supposed to do, but we did. what We were supposed to do. Listen, the win is a win. The win is the win at this point. I know we took our eye off the ball, but we still have no random, no OG Ananobi in those guys. And to the Grizzlies credit, they're missing their entire starting five. So you got to give them credit for, for fighting back and, keep it, and keeping it interesting. But, you know, the Knicks are the Knicks, man. We contenders, man. They're really not going to beat the contenders. That's just that's just how I see it. That's just how I see it. But we're going to talk about the game. And really, we're just going to talk about all a bunch of the rumors that have been flying around. This is pretty much going to be the rumor mill episode. It's gonna be five minutes of game talk, rumor mill talk, and then we're gonna have a good night. So, salute to you guys in the chat, and everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. All right, all right, but before, so before let's get to it, let's get to it. Uh, let me introduce you to my guys first and foremost. Is the man with the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats, and the facts,
2: Ryan G's in the building, and it's about that time, folks. It's about time to unleash Jacob Toppin. It's time to unleash Charlie Brown Jr. Wah, wah, wah. It's time to unleash Ryan Archie Dacano. It's time to unleash the guns off the end of the bench. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we, got,
1: we got like four games left before an All-Star game. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want these guys playing 40 minutes. You might have to kind of sit some guys for a minute. You might have to pull a little bit of a Greg Popovich. Maybe play, that, maybe, maybe play the Pacers game. I want to beat the Pacers, though. Is th- is that am I am I am I weird for wanting to beat the Pacers? It's, I just don't we, like
2: Caliber. We, we can bring him back for one game and then set him out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: we'll see how his ankles go. We'll see how his ankles going. But but also let me introduce you to the Latin assassin, my guy Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee?
3: What's up, y'all? <laughs> uh, this was a super boring game, and then it became a really, really uh, cardiac Knicks. Stressful game there in the last five minutes. Bradley pulled this one out, and by all accounts, I'm glad Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart, especially Jalen Brunson, both are walking on their own accord out of MSG and getting some rest at home. Uh, much prayers up and love to both of them.
1: Yeah, not for real. I, I'm just glad that Jalen Brunson and those guys came out of this healthy because because we went wrong? I mean, what's, what what does there really say about this game? The Knicks. They just outclassed him, man. Jalen Brunson was doing Jalen Brunson's things. He was scoring at will. He was hitting buzzer beaters. He was getting to his crossover. He was having fun just setting people up for most of the game. For me, this game to me was about like, okay, we have a bot. We kind of have a, a, a low-level team here. Just try some stuff out. Like, that's, that, that's the way I see this game is like, let's try some stuff and see what works. So what did we saw today? Hey, we saw Dante DiVincenzo actually play actual point guard. Maybe we can lean into that a little bit more and you, and put that in our back pocket for for later days. We saw Deuce McBride trying to create it off the dribble. Maybe we should put that back in our in our back pocket and, and try that for later days. I wish we'd have seen more Josh Hart shooting because he's been abysmal. He's only taking five shots and I don't I, I don't care. We, you just need to get in the gym, dog. You need to get in the gym and you need to shoot those shots in the game especially get some low-level teams because we need you to be able to have the confidence to hit those reps hit those shots um against big teams so i'm, I'm looking for that i'm looking for precious to uh to shoot some threes and expand this game i'm just looking for everybody else to expand their stuff and look for least, and try something that's what i'm looking for personally um and i saw some of that but i still feel like i should have seen a little bit more i don't know what do you guys think
3: I'll go first. Uh, I, I love Precious Achua and Isaiah Hardenstein on offensive end tonight. It was nice to see both of them uh, capitalize on transition points, especially Precious. Yeah, I really went <clears throat> to alley oop with Jalen Brunson, which I, I haven't seen a whole lot of that before. A lot, a lot of his points have been stored. On putbacks, which he had a really nice putback done tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was—I see him put the ball on the floor, and Isaiah Hartenstein showing some moves in a post. They all, not all of his shots in a post, look polished or clean. Yeah. But they went, which is all I cared about. And I think there's another level to his game offensively that he can tap into as well. I feel more confident about the ceiling on him offensively than I do Mitchell Robinson. Uh, even though Mitch is more athletic, I think Hartenstein's more skilled and has a little bit more of a higher ceiling.
1: Uh we think he think he has a higher ceiling than Mitchell Robinson.
3: Offensively, yeah.
1: Offensively. Uh yeah, interesting. It's interestingly, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Like to me, he's he still feels clunky. I mean, the fact that he's taking threes, I guess, uh point point uh <laughs> give that point to him to, 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 to uh precious. But yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. It, it's funny when I watch Precious, sometimes he looks very unsure of himself offensively, even when he makes it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he at least he attempts it. So I, I guess the fact that he's that he's just attempting shots, like he'll do this move where he did like he did like a spin move, hook shot. And I'm like, okay, it looks semi-fluid, but not really. But it went in, so okay, I guess I'll take it. But I, he he. He's interesting. I mean, he means he needs some reps. So, you know, what? I guess I can go with that. I guess I can go with that that he might have a higher
3: offensive ceiling. Yeah, yeah I would works I was talking about Hartenstein. I, 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 I meant Hartenstein, I, I think that's a higher ceiling. Oh,
1: Hartenstein. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's not even
3: Precious and Precious and Mitch, I think, is about equal. If again, you're right. If Precious and hit the three, game over. Get game over if he can hit that three. I don't know if he ever will, though. Right, right.
1: Yeah, Hartenstein. Hardenstein, Hardenstein, it's interesting because they took the three away from him. Like, he came in to the Knicks and we were like, wow, you're going to have a center who attempts threes. And then he just, he never took a three this season. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was coaching. What? But he just stopped taking threes altogether, which I didn't expect. I thought that was going to be something he worked on. I thought I heard that he worked on it in the summer. And then he got here and he just absolutely just stopped taking threes. So I don't know what happened. But Hartenstein for sure, I think his ceiling offensively is a little bit higher than Mitch. At the same time, um, I wonder what they're waiting for with Mitch because I don't know. Like, I feel like there can be – like, I've always felt like there's little dribble stuff that Mitch can do. Not the not the crazy – not the crazy and one mix up stuff. And on mixtape stuff that Mitch does, but like Mitch flashes some things where he does like a simple crossover, it goes to the hole and dunks it on centers. Like I see him do that a few times. I still feel like there's little simple dribble moves that he can do that uh, when teams go try to not to ignore when teams ignore him and go uh, and just kind of lay off of him and just leave him up on an island by the three point line or by the foul line. I still feel like there's a place where mitch can just run to the, the basket and get a full head of steam and who's going to get in front of a seven foot dude running down the down the, i feel i still feel like he can do that sometimes i'm hoping they incorporate um, that with mitch but um also isn't there some news that mitch will presume basketball duties after all-star break yeah let's go Oh-ho! Big Mitch on the men on his way back to the Knicks. I'm liking that, man. Having, Knicks, Knicks. Yo, having Mitch back with this defense, which has been like the number one defense in the, in the league since January, is going to be huge, man. I can't wait to have Mitch back. That's going to be. Although I do wonder what that means for Precious. Because Precious has gotten a lot of burn in that backup spot. So now that you have Hartenstein starting, Mitch probably going to be coming off the bench. But where do you, where does that leave Precious? That's going to be interesting to see how that's dealt with. It seems like Precious might be the odd man out in that situation. I don't think
3: so. I think it's going to be Grimes. You think it's going to be Grimes? I think Tibbs loves Precious. I think Precious has endeared himself to Tibbs, and he, <clears throat> he's everything that Tibbs wants in a guy. I think Tibbs cares more about... Offensive rebounds and put bats more than he does being able to shoot threes at an inconsistent clip. So, I mean, Precious gives giving you great defense two through five. Grimes is you great defense one through three. I, I think that we have enough depth right now at the perimeter with Josh Hart and DiVincenzo, where I think he's going to prioritize the stretchability defensively, uh, stretchability of Precious.
1: I don't think – Precious is the backup four. You know what, Sherwin, you're right. I can Precious can play the backup four. You're definitely right about that. If if Randall comes back. I think it all really depends on what happens with Randall.
2: Yeah, this is definitely going to be a conundrum because with Mitch back, it kind of stretches out your bench. A bit and thibs like and thibs love playing nightmare rotation. So I think I think Mitch and Hardestine are gonna be the two that's gonna take up that center role. Mm -hmm. Then it's gonna be and then I think I agree with Lee as well. I think Precious is going to still get playing time behind Randall just for the fact that he, uh, his size and Dibs like those defenders who can switch on multiple positions. So I can see Precious still getting minutes despite the fact Mitch coming back and you have Randall back healthy as well. The conundrum is going to be between Grimes and McBride because, you know, he, he Dibs is not going to give up on Josh Hart. Like Josh Hart is one of his guys, so Josh Hart's going to definitely get minutes. So it's going to be between Grimes and Hart. And if Knicks bring in anybody else, that's going to make it even more of a conundrum because if the, if the Knicks, for example, bring in a guy and they just trade away Fournier and a pick, for example, and bring in another guy to come in on the bench, then that's going to, that, then that's going to create even more of a logjam where it's going to be probably between Grimes and McBride who might get that, you know, who, you know, who's going to probably get five minutes here and there while that last bench guy that they bring in takes over. So, It'll be interesting to see how the team is going to what the nightmare rotation is going to be once everybody does come back healthy and if the Knicks do make that move for that backup playmaker. But, you know, it's a great position to be in, you know, having a team that deep where it's like even if somebody gets hurt, you have somebody that can come in and fill that role. So it'll be interesting to see.
1: Nah, for real. And I can definitely see Grimes or McBride will definitely drop out of the rotation completely, I feel like. Um, I'm curious to see where tips go. And I kind of mentioned this before. Like I mentioned before McBride's playing well. Um, Grimes has been the guy who's been in the rotation over McBride, but I can definitely see a world, especially if we get somebody who can defend taller twos, where Grimes is put on the back burner for McBride, considering the fact, well. Well, one McBride got an extension, two McBride's been hitting the three more consistently. Uh, So, and I can, I can just see, I can see Grimes just being completely benched. I can see it. Um, Will it happen? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's McBride being completely benched just because they feel like, you know, maybe they need to play Grimes because they feel like he's going to be traded a little bit later if he's still here at the deadline. Um, but I can see a scenario where Grimes is, where McBride is benched, and we bring in a backup point guard here, and then McBride is kind of playing like a combo, a combo, like a combo guard role, kind of like how, you know, how we brought a, brought along Emmanuel quickly, really slow, and we brought him along with Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose is playing point guard, but then we gave quickly the ball every t- um, a couple of times to to run it to see how. Give him a few sets to see how it goes. Like I can feel like that same situation happened with McBride, where we bring in a point guard and the point guard is running it, and then he gives him McBride. Like, all right, here's your play. Run your run your play that you like to run, and then build build on that skill and build him out that. way. So I can definitely see that happen. But yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely something to look out for. And I was when when Brunson went down, I was looking at. Looking. I was looking at McBride and Di Vincenzo. Because I was like, oh, this is interesting now. This is actually more interesting that Brunson is down because I want to see what these guys do and see how they respond to pressure. And Di Vincenzo uh hit a big three off the dribble. Um, really good sign, didn't show any type of fear. McBride, um, he tried some things. He tried some things, it didn't exactly work. I think he I think he caused a turnover. But I felt like, I just like the fact that he tried it and he's, he seemed like he wasn't afraid of the moment. Because that's to me, that's that's the first step. The first step to me is mentally going, I'm not afraid to fail. Let me do this. And then if you fail, so what? Try it again, then you'll be more successful the next time. That's the way I kind of see it. Uh, so um, even though McBride didn't really score or make something happen in that pressure moment, I'm just glad that the tension is gone because you're starting to see him... You no know, shoot pull up threes off the dribble. You're starting to see him um, shoot pull up half uh, foul line jumpers that he used to do in summer league. He's starting to, to grow his confidence a little bit, so I'm I'm happy to see that. All right, Agreed. yeah. Salute to the chat. I don't know. We guys don't want to talk about anything else. This this game was just you know it's, it's it was a. <laughs> do you want to talk about Dante's 32 points, five assists, five rebounds? Because Dante. Dante is, starter Dante is averaging almost 30 points a game. Starter Dante is averaging almost 30 points a game. Um, he's finding his role. He's he's getting to the hole a lot more. He's finishing at the rim a lot more. To me, that's the biggest thing with Dante DiVincenzo. I just like the fact that he's just finishing a lot more. And, and I'm, I'm always looking towards the playoffs. So hopefully he brings that into the playoffs. But I like what I saw from Dante, I like what I saw from McBride. And Hartenstein's been Hartenstein. 17 blocks, eight rebounds. I mean 17 points, eight rebounds, three blocks. Yeah, yeah. I like what I see. Six fig 20 assists in, in the first half. I saw some. It was nice. It was it was a beaten one. Decent win, despite the scare. And despite us being human in the fourth quarter and not playing the defense that we should have.
3: <laughs> we definitely have championship level role players for sure. Even everyone really knows their role. I think that's a good symptom of great coaching is when guys play that know their roles and play to, to the maximum potential. Yeah. And guys don't take shots outside of their routine and outside of where they're good at that on the floor. That's really except for Josh Hart is really the only one who needs to improve in areas in which where he is in the set plays. That, that's the only, that's my only complaint right now, but man, what, what Precious is doing off the bench, Josh Hart, DiVincenzo, even Deuce McBride. I saw that step back three pointer in the left corner. I was like, Yeah, these guys are like Tibbs is not putting a ceiling on what how good these guys to be if they're willing to put in the work. We're a team that's going to be around for many years to come.
1: Yeah, especially if you keep developing the guys the way we are. Like, even Sims didn't play this game, but there was a move that Sims. Where he he did he did a point guard move where he fake spun and then drove to the hole and took like three or four dribbles and dunked it. Thibs has a little bit of something too, and the, like I remember begging for a Toronto Raptors style of development, and it seems like we're kind of doing that low key. Um, because even the way Deuce is playing, I've heard that. They've been tracking Deuce's progress in practice, and he's been shooting so well that they they figured it was going to translate into games, which is why they were confident in him stepping in and hitting the shots that he's hitting because he's been doing it in practice. So I'm, I'm really happy with the development that this, this team has shown. It's, it's fun because Leon Rose has traded away all of, most of our young assets, but, I mean, they had development guys here for this reason. They have the other guys here for this reason. It's paying off.
2: Yeah, and today's game did show me something that does make me encouraged for the future as well because especially in the first quarter, they were definitely plays where, and I think the Knicks kind of switched to this because they saw how the last game went against the Lakers and they saw how the Lakers pretty much hounded Brunson on pretty much almost every possession. I think over 30 possessions there where they doubled, Brunson against the Lakers, and um, this game they actually made Brunson go off ball a whole lot more, especially in that first quarter where they where either he handed the ball off early or Dante was bringing the ball up the court, and I feel like you know just giving that extra dimension where you don't give teams a chance to actually double Brunson, and you have and you have the ball in somebody else's hand and allow Brunson to either score off the move, mm-hmm. you know I think that's definitely a positive for the future. And it definitely shows that Brunson can definitely play with another, with another playmaker in the backcourt, which we already knew. Yep. So, you know, with the Knicks bringing in somebody else who can play make, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Brunson. And also on top of that, it's going to make it, it's going to make scoring for him easier a lot of times because now he doesn't have to create everything off the dribble. He can, he can move, he can move off ball, get the ball in certain spots and just, you know, make the game easier for him as well, which I think, lends to the point that, you know, it's essential that the Knicks probably do get a backup playmaker score before this trade deadline approaches.
1: Also, wasn't even Chances supposed to be a point guard? Like, that was the whole thing. Remember in the summer? Like, oh, he can play some point guard. Oh, he can play some point guard. Oh, he can play some point guard. Oh, he sh- sh- play some point guard then. Damn it, why you hit <laughs> You hit him, play some point guard. I, I I remember I remember preseason, he was messing up, jumping and passing the ball in the air. Well, maybe that's why he's not playing as much point guard. Because he saw him mess up in preseason. But man, like, all that. He can play some point guard stuff. Play the damn point guard. See what you got. No no time by the presence. We you, you, you desperate now. My, well, yeah.
2: <laughs> that is true.
1: Yeah, man, I'm with it. And you're, Oh, man, I had this whole... Yo, I was watching the putback too and Ian said something that had me thinking. Like what would the, what would the, what 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 would the trajectory of this team be if we actually traded for Jaden Ivy? Because Ian Begley was talking about how the Knicks during that year when we got Jalen Brunson was trying to trade up for Jaden Ivy. So like, if we actually traded for Jaden Ivey, would we have actually went after Brunson too? Like, I'm because I feel like Jaden Ivey supposed to be like that point guard of the future thing. Like I, I like, to, that, I feel like if Jaden Ivey was here, then would we have stayed pat with our young guys here and gone that direction? Like I, like, I'm wondering what would have happened if we actually Detroit
3: actually said yes. That, I that huh? I wanted Brunson and Ivy at that time. I was really hyped about both of them, and I wanted to pair them up. I think we would have seen Ivy play the role that IQ was. I'm assuming maybe IQ would have been included in that trade for Ivy <clears throat> going back, because it would have made sense if we got Brunson. That's and true. Then as well. So maybe the plan was to either pair Brunson and Ivy or Brunson and IQ, and then we see where that went.
1: That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Especially because at that time, IQ was even, he was kind of halfway breaking out, really. Not all the way breaking out. So I can, I, that makes sense. That definitely can make sense. But I'm glad I don't think about that now because Brunson is here. Man. Bad. MVP is here, man. Woo! Changed our, changed our franchise, man. I can't yep. believe, I can't believe how good he's been, man. I can't believe at one point I was just like, I don't know. He's going to be good. I know he's gonna be solid, but man, I did not see this coming. Salute to the chat. Um, the Discord is open, and I see my guy Timmy is in the Discord. I don't think I pinned it. If you want to put the Discord in the chat again, I, I'll, I'll pin it this time. But salute to the chat. Uh, if you want to ch- talk Knicks basketball, hit that Discord link, um, and we'll, we'll patch you in so you can give you so you can talk to us. South to Sandman, Sherwin, John Baines, and Grill, Corey Lee. Uh, Stanley Novak, Coach uh, style 617 everybody else is rocking with the KLT show. Uh, we appreciate you. If you like the show so far, hit that like and subscribe button. Um, after we talk to Timmy or whoever else wants to talk, we're just going to run through all the rumors that are going in, going through real quick. Because we already know it's trade deadline time. Rumors are hot. And stuff is going on all over the place. We're just going to give you our thoughts on all the rumors that are being going around the place and we'll keep it moving all right let's get to it i got my guy old faithful timmy man og of kot one of the mods um
4: Tim. Yo, what was that bro yo
1: you're, timmy, you timmy you're now live on the kot show oh yeah i just grabbed I just, I just grabbed you and that's probably was like what was that bro <laughs> yo
4: First was uh, me and first was 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 chopping it up, man. But um, oh, my bad. what's good, y'all? What's good, Alice, <laughs> man? What's good, Lee Escobedo, ESPN contributor. My guy Ryan G, what's good, man? John um, King. I have no idea what y'all were talking about, but I'm sure it probably wasn't the game. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all we were good. talking the
1: game, um, but we about to get into rumors and stuff because like the game right. is, you know. It's the Grizzlies Like, How much can we deep dive against the damn
4: Grizzlies? Uh, (laughs) We got to just, you know, take that dub where we can get it. And hopefully Tibbs has a learning experience where we could actually open up the bench and save Jalen Brunson for the rest of the season. It's cool. I'm not even upset right now, man. But, all right, look, I'm going to try and see if I can pinpoint what I wanted to talk about. And it's really, I'm just going to work off of Jalen Brunson and y'all can go into the rumors and whatever y'all want to after that. Cool. All right. What I'm saying, I'm going to take y'all back to the Heat game. And this is kind of just indicative of a situation that the Knicks are running into. Julius Randle in the third quarter, we're coming towards the end of the third quarter. I think everybody can remember him hitting the three Mm -hmm. to end the third quarter and going to the fourth. Mm -hmm. Before that, if you go back five or six possessions before that, it was turnovers, not getting back on defense, uh, just throwing up brick shots and getting mad at everybody. And, you know, the normal Julius Randle thing is feast or famine. No
2: mm-hmm. problem.
4: That's not even what I'm going to talk about right now, right? Mm-hmm. Then you go into the fourth quarter, Julius Randle sits. Jalen Brunson comes in. We have a squad of Jalen Brunson, Quentin Grimes, OG Ananobi, Josh Hart, and Precious Achua.
1: Yeah. That's and we
4: things. go on a run to take the biggest lead of the game that we've had. Not to mention, there was no reason that Miami should have even been able to hang with us as far as points were concerned. They were coming into that game as one of the worst offensive teams in the league. Quote Hubie Brown from the actual ABC footage, if y'all want to. Y'all can go look at it. Mm-hmm. We ran them up on that fourth quarter. And I think after we finished running them, like... Um, that's when we flipped in, we flipped, uh, we flipped Julius Randle back in, um, when we got up to one, I think one twelve. uh, flipped, took a timeout, flipped Julius Randle back in and that's when the injury happened. But what I saw during that stint and when you guys are looking at this team now, because we've made the transition with OG, like it's important to see what different units are doing and how they're functioning together the spacing that's presented to them mm-hmm. how they're communicating on defense what uh, movement as a whole so i'm not even just looking at what's happening on the ball i'm looking at how people are moving off the ball like so with that team Grimes OG <laughs> and Josh Hart yeah they move bro that is jail yeah. it's jail it's lockdown jail the heat did not know what to do before they came in that game uh you had the shooters for the heat that were go- they were starting to catch fire they were literally about to come back when og oh when OG groms and uh Josh Hart were out there together I didn't even know they were gonna score 100 points at a certain point <laughs> yeah. and they had plenty of time to do it yeah but um I would say like look like bef- this is a my my theory is coming from a defense-first perspective, right? Everything that I see on that floor, I'm looking for it to transition from a defensive standpoint. So I'm not looking at like, oh, wh- what guy is going to score the rock? I'm looking at the opportunity for offensive possessions to come, a flow of the game to come from getting steals, getting fast breaks, getting rebounds, looking down court, moving the ball, pressing the pace, like seeing that. And with Jalen Brunson, with that particular unit this day, I saw that Eric Spolstra was unable to press, um, press his reads off of his picks, right? Because usually what they'll do for Brunson is when he comes off of a pick or a high screen, you can't even run it off the corners, they'll immediately trap him. And whoever has that extra man for a Josh Hart or a, Jay- or a Julius Randle, if he's on the floor they'll just commit 100% and hope that Jalen Brunson doesn't see the pass. Right. And if he does see the pass, they're willing to live with the shot. Right. What I want us to do is get to the point where if you want to play defense like that on, on Jalen Brunson, cool. Pay for it. Right now, Devo is trying to make people pay for it, but that man is trying to heat the ocean. There's no reason for this man to be shooting 15 threes a game. Like, I know he could shoot, <laughs> but he's not Steph Curry. Like... <laughs> It's, we, we need to get that down to where you know he can shoot consistently. Cool. No problem. And, and I like what Devo's doing. That's no knock on him. But he should not be shooting 15 threes a game. Because of the injuries, he's doing what he has to do. He's filling in admirably. When we get OG back in there, that's another knockdown shooter. When we get Grimes in there, it's understated the fact that this man can play both ends of the ball the way that he does. Defensively, and that's uh, actually... That's one of the things that came up um, with Begley and his report. The Knicks were having problems f- trying to find the value that he would bring on both ends of the ball. Oh, yeah, we get matches. into that. For yes. Sure, for sure, yeah. I'm, I'm a, hey, look, I'm I'm trying not to get too preachy because I don't, I, I mean, granted, like, I don't want to lose Grimes. But what I see as far as him being able to bring the defensive acumen that he brought, maybe the defensive efficiency numbers don't look as great as they did the last two years. But it's there in small sample sizes. And if y'all take a look, the spacing is so important for Ju- for Jalen Brunson to have. Every time that he does not have that spacing and he gets to that painted area, he tries to get to him. move. Sometimes he'll even reject. He'll even just like reject even bringing a pick out there because he doesn't want the extra man to come over for a trap. <laughs>
1: that's like, mean, the fact. I mean, I'll game. do
4: anything I can to get free. Nah, I feel you. But, um, yo, that's. That's the most part. That's for the most part. That's what I got. I do think, honestly, you know, yeah, yo, I'm a, I'm a just I'm not shooting bail today, man. Yeah, yeah. I do think that I would rather us wait for the offseason to make a move. And within a Tibbs offense, having an elite playmaker. I'm not just talking about somebody filling in. I'm talking about somebody who is an elite playmaker, elite finisher at the rim, elite shooter, somebody who's elite. I'm cool with having a Donovan Mitchell come in here. And play beside Jalen Brunson. And I know a lot of the knock on him was his defense. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, you guys can take a look at the numbers. This uh, he can the dude can ball, bro. Yeah, um, I'll put that next to Jalen Brunson any day and dare you to double him. But um, that's all I got, yo. Y'all take it, take it easy, man. Salute, salute, salute. That's what all I got, right. y'all. Later. All
1: right, appreciate it, Timmy. You said a lot. You said a lot. My brain is trying to like track everything he said and, and make like little mental notes like and then like hold it and then hold it. I don't know what your brain, your guy's brains is doing, but that's what my brain was doing. Um, I know for one thing he said, one thing he doesn't, he wasn't looking at was the defense. He was, he wasn't looking at the offense. He was looking at the defense when it comes to Brunson and that group. I already knew this group, this group can play defense. So I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> I was like, I already know all these guys are defenders. I already know that. So I'm looking for growth on the other side of the ball. That's what I'm looking for. So I'm looking for how do they execute on offense. Can we get creative getting people open shots? And how do we utilize them? That's what I'm looking for. Um, The one thing I will say, though, is the one thing that we've been robbed of. That I'm happy we got this win. We've been robbed of the OG number two experience, man. I think I'm kind of mad at that. I'm, I'm really mad at that because I want to see... OG and Brunson and what that looks like with OG Brunson and role players to see how he looks when he has more touches, when he's the number two or three guy. Because uh, right now is Devo being number two, but I I, I feel like we're being robbed of that look. Um, and then I, we can get to the Donovan Mitchell thing a little bit later if you want to, but I, I'll just start with those two things. I want to see if you guys want to add on that or...
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do I do have um a bit of a rebuttal a bit because I understand what he's saying, but the way I'm looking at it is the team is good defensively. We we know that. But not having that backup playmaker that you can put in there for Brunson, I'm scared of the fact that Brunson is gonna be overplayed and he's going to be burnt out before the playoffs come. Because as as we've seen already with the the lineup the Knicks currently have, when Brunson's not in the game, this team cannot create on the offense on a consistent basis. They're hot and cold with that. So that's going to force Stibbs to put Brunson into games where he's only going to get like maybe three minutes or four minutes of rest time per time and then – when you look, Brunson's going to be racking up minutes like 38, 39, 40 a game. Yeah. So for me, it's like, that's why I think it's essential that the Knicks have to bring in a backup playmaker or point guard. Even if it's it's a guy that can just come off the bench and provide that, I think it's important. Just for the simple fact, you get to save Brunson a bit. You get to keep Brunson on the bench for longer minutes because you know you have somebody in there who actually create offense on a consistent basis. Now the thing is, I understand his point of, Waiting for the offseason to trade for that high-level playmaker, whatever the case may be. But that's the thing. If the Knicks bring in the right piece that can help out now, they could possibly include that piece for a trade later on for that high-level playmaker. So I don't so I don't think it's not one of those things where it's like if the Knicks do this now, they, they won't can't. be able to do right. that again in that in the future. You know what I mean? So I, I still think that it's essential for the Knicks to bring in somebody who can back up playmaker. Just to give Brunson some damn rest so he's not burnt out when the playoffs come.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, it's imperative. Deuce, we cannot go into the playoffs with Deuce and Bride as our backup playmaker. It's just, it's not in his bad. I think he might improve incrementally, but never to the point where he didn't be counted on and depended on to run the offense when Brunson is sitting um, outside of being able to hit a wide open three. <clears throat> I do disagree with Timmy that it has to be a Donovan Mitchell. Level player, I don't think we need to go that far in on a second-tier star. DeJounte Murray, I think, is a tier below Donovan Mitchell. Very close to being at his level, but I wouldn't put them in the same category. I'm okay with going after him. But really, I think we all agree on this. The premium option would be a Broadden, who is a very high-level playmaker, or a Jordan Clarkson, who's not super high-level but still very good. Those two guys with the job done, we can make a complete playoff run to the finals and maybe even win a championship. If we had Jordan Cartson or Malcolm Brodin. uh, so I don't. I think somewhere in the middle, it, you can't go up with Deuce and Bride. I don't think we need Donovan Mitchell. We absolutely though need a backup playmaker to get these guys who need their offense initiated initiated come playoff time.
1: Yeah, I agree. And like I said, OG not being in just makes everything worse because I remember, I remember having looking at OG play and being surprised, like oh. Okay, he can create his own shot a little bit. Oh, okay. He can pass. Like, he was doing some things where I'm like, it might litigate that need to feel so desperate for another playmaker. Not to say not to get, you still go after one. But I don't know. Like, maybe maybe you're not as desperate to get to say, we need the high level one right now. You know what I'm saying? I guess is what I'm saying. You You might not need a high level one this second. If OG is playing, Um, but also somebody asked what's happening with OG's uh, injury. I don't know. I have no clue. And it seems like Ian is trying to figure out what's happening as well. And they're not really being forthright with the information. It seems like they're kind of playing coy. I read somewhere that they, the Knicks might be trying to keep teams off balance with the injury reports. Say so they don't can't get a feel of if they're like desperate or not desperate for a move or something of that nature. Uh so there might be some gamesman shit happening with the way they're playing with the OG injury report. But um yeah, like there's no real there's no real update with that. And there's about what, four games left until the All Star Break. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, there's no real update with that. Um as far as Donovan Mitchell always had my weird, I've always had my, like Donovan Mitchell is an amazing talent for sure. I've always felt weird about pairing Mitchell and Brunson together. i always had. And even now, Cavs going this crazy run, 15-1 and one, with Mitchell being the lead guard and Garland being injured. Before, when those two were playing together, they weren't they were you know they were good but like it wasn't really flowing like the way it's flowing now so it so stuff like that makes me believe you know how like does Donovan Mitchell need to be the man like can he play off guard does he need to be his own team be running his own team and if we bring him to New York are we just recreating the exact same situation that they had in the Cavs that kept them at like a certain level, like I feel like we might be doing that to ourselves for the sake of a name, because you know, like you know, you know what it is with the Cavs—they have to Mitchell playing off-ball, where he's where he really seems like to be more of an all-ball on-ball guy. Then we have two guys who aren't as stout defenders. Um, I mean, granted, we have OG here, so that might, might not be as bad as you know it's supposed to be. So like maybe his defense is better, seemingly better right now, but. Right now he's guarding point guards because he's playing point guard. If you have to slide him back to the shooting guard and he's playing shooting guards, defending shooting guards again, are we back to the same the same situation where the defense takes a little bit of a dip? So I I, I still have my questions about a Brunson Mitchell pairing. Especially because it seems like uh his three point shooting took a dip when he was playing off the ball too. So I'm like, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird, man. Like I know people want him because he's the name, he's the New York kid. But
3: I, I, I have questions. I have, I have questions. I think it's highly unlikely because it, it appears that Leon Rose has pivoted toward fit being the primary metric in which they add players or, or let players walk. And I, there's no way that Donovan Mitchell, if you have two pairs, if you have a pair of eyes and you watch him in the cabs and you watch the Knicks, that you think that Donovan Mitchell and Brunson would be a efficient backboard fit wise. Of course, one day it'd be based on what you see in Dallas, with Luka and Kyrie, when they're on, yes, the offense is humming. You got all your guys hitting the wide open corner shots, but they did constantly hunted on defense yeah. Hands and impossible to contain. Not just an in individual player, but the entire point of attack from the opposing offense.
1: Right. Oh, I gotta change that RJ graphic for the super chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, salute the super! Thanks for the super chat. <laughs>
2: I, do. I just want to throw in something in there too. Um, I do also have my question marks with Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt. I think, at least for me personally, I think the type of player who could pair with Brunson in the backcourt is, of course, a player like Devo, where a player that he he can't play the he can play the point guard at times, and that on the top of he's a shooter, so he spaces the court, but he's not needy of the ball. So yeah. I think somebody like that he pairing the backcourt with Brunson, or I would say. If not the type of player, someone who's like a pure playmaker, like a guy that, you know, he's either good as like a one or a two. You know what I mean? Like he can play point guard, but at the same time, he can also be the off guard as well. And I think those. I think a guy like that is like a good fit to next to Brunson. I'm not sure if another ball dominant ball dominant guard like Donovan Mitchell is really a good fit next to Brunson. Yeah, because I think it's gonna be kind of, it's gonna kind of be like my turn, your turn type of thing. You know what I mean? And I'm not sure if that type of Playstyle is efficient enough, you know, for a team to actually take it to the next level. I feel you.
1: That's what it was when RJ was here. He was complaining about, he was complaining about, like, man, like the passing. It's like we got a guy who doesn't mind passing. I don't know. It's It's not a knock on RJ's game. It's just the pieces have to fit right. That's it. That's it. Um, salute. We got Mike Uno in the chat so let me bring mike uno in the chat hopefully he's prepared because I, I brought timmy in here and he was kind of startled uh salute <laughs> to, to you mike uno i'm bringing you in the chat right now mike uno you're now live on the kot Uh-oh. show what's up my brother
0: what's good what's good what's good fellas What's good are you sauced up so not, I mean, you know, every night, I, I, you know, maybe not as much as
1: overnight. You sound, you, are, I heard you tell you sound a little bit sober, more sober than, okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah,
0: but, all right. So, yo, here's a, here's, here's a thought that I had, right? Now, I watched the clip in the last couple of days. There's any, a, a once elite player that is no longer elite. He looks like he's down in a dumps, He looks like he's going through a depression and his team which was also once elite, looks like they're fizzling out and they need to start thinking of the future. And I'm thinking like, yo, I bet if he came over to the Knicks, we could spark the light that has dimmed out. Are you talking and about brighten it again? We <laughs> idolize his I soul really and bring him back. And I think he would be perfect for us. And he's a shooting guard.
1: I already know you're talking about I'm talking man. about Clay Thompson. Thompson. Yeah
0: play Thompson bro yo look would it be crazy to think like i know i never hear y'all talking about it you know i hear all the conversations about this guy and this guy and this guy but i feel like his his value has dropped to a point where maybe we could afford him without losing any pieces that we want to keep you know what i'm saying like we could send over the um you know the the contract that we want to get rid of the the what's his name um I'm looking it Boy. up right now. Um, the, the the Fournier. you know what I'm saying? We could send, you know who I would even send to. And I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I would even send Mitchell Robinson because not for nothing. <laughs> I feel like I like this. I like this team with Hartenstein. I like this team with precious. I feel like, yo, we good. And, and, and not for nothing, but I, I think, I think Hartenstein is way better than Mitch Rob by a lot. And, um, and if we can get something of value for him while he still has value before he loses that value, maybe gets another injury or something, you know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking like, yo, what if we did something like that? What if, like, is that a crazy thought is what I want to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. I feel like you guys were just talking about, uh, you know, um, this guy being, uh, you know, someone that needs the ball in his hands from, from Cleveland, um, Donovan, but, but, you know what I'm saying? Clay don't need that. I feel like Clay would fit in. I feel like he and his depression look that he's been having, would, he would be happy with the Knicks and the vibes. I feel like the Knicks look like happiness. <laughs> and I think he needs a little bit straight up. I, I think if he came here, he'll go right back to being the elite player that he once was. I think maybe there's something up. Cause even not for nothing, but um, you know, the, the, the Warriors, they, a lot of them, a lot of the players, there don't look like they're happy no more. You know what I'm saying? And so maybe there's something up. And um, I, I know they need changes. The dynasty is dead or is dying. They might not make the playoffs this year. Maybe it's time for them to think of the future. Maybe we could send, some, you know, second-round picks, Mitch Robb, Grimes, uh, uh, 28. All right, all right, all right. I'm with it. We, we we gonna talk is about that it. That's crazy. Talk? I mean, it's, a little, me, crazy. Me it's, very crazy it's a little crazy. It's a little <laughs> it crazy. It's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. I me more. Tell we me. Gonna more. Gonna all ta- right. We gonna I'm, talk I'm about, a, about a, it. I'm gonna go now. You guys have a good night. Go get me some drinks
1: while I listen to it. I appreciate. It, appreciate. It, appreciate. It. <laughs> Soon as I got my Uno. All right, man. Have a good night. All right, man. Hey, 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 guys. No, no ideas are bad ideas. All right. No
2: ideas. We spitballing. We spitballing. All right. I'll say this: If Clay was on the cheap, where it was just forty and a pick, I would take a chance. If it was cheap, yeah. But the fact that it's forty three million dollar contract, the Knicks are gonna to have to send assets the other way, and I'm not trying and I'm not trying to mortgage a future on a potentially washed up Clay Thompson. I don't know what I'm gonna get when he comes to the Knicks. And right then, there's the reason why I wouldn't take no chance on that. Like, nah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't have to say anything. I feel like
2: yeah, I was
3: going to say it. Go ahead, Lee. Uh, I agree 100% with Ryan. I, I, he might be a free agent coming up. Has he been? yeah. Yeah, he is,
2: yeah.
3: yeah. So, I, I mean, if he's willing to take a really cheap deal to win a chip with the Knicks and continue on, his, his legacy so he can show up more rings when he's that's facing a little That's different. <laughs> yeah, That's totally <laughs> different. But really different. <laughs> Ryan brought up the best point, which is how much his contract is. Then you start having to think about Mitchell Robinson. Maybe that's why Mikey Uno uh mentioned him because that's one of the few pieces you get the package of Fournier to meet the salaries worth. No. but hell no. hell no. I'm already trading Mitchell Robinson, period, because that's the whole point of having the best center combination is having that depth with Mitch and Isaiah Hartenstein, not one, but both. And I'm not giving up the defensive player of the year candidate for a washed-out play Thompson.
1: And, and just to expound on that further, even for, even for the guys who are down on Mitch Robinson, I'm going to just tell you why it doesn't make sense business wise, right? Because of Clay Thompson's age like he's seen as a guy who's on the decline. He's costing $43 million this season right now and he's going to be a free agent next season. So that means teams already already team, Mitch as much as some guys here are like, oh get rid of Mitch, get rid of Mitch. Mitch has value around the league hell yeah he has yep. he has actual value around the league w- because he was on the track to be defensive player of the year leading the league in the, uh, rebounds and his contract isn't crazy contract either so he has value allowed in the league so not only are you giving fournier away a, a, a expiring contract in fournier away, and for another expiring contract back which you have to then resign which isn't smart um, because we need we actually need a contract going to next year to make a trade for a bigger star. So like you're you're taking on an expiring contract, which is which is uh mistake one, because we need contract filler for a bigger star. We're giving away an asset that the league sees as more valuable than a depreciating asset in in Clay Thompson, which is reason to not to that we move. And um yeah, that's really only two reasons. That's those are the two. There's no three.
4: Those are the two big reasons
1: Why I wouldn't make that move But if it's it's the thing Where we're trying to fill out our roster We made our move And Hey, we want to see if you still got it He's shooting 37% From three, he's not shooting what he used to 37% from three isn't Terrible Uh, The defense, you know, is not there as well But he's, he's, he's he's a bench Like that's different That's a different scenario and you you don't have to spend much to, to sign on it. In that scenario. Yeah, that's that but that's that's considering we're now over the cap next season,
2: also. <laughs> yeah, that, would that would definitely be a hey Clay hey Clay you're a free agent. Hey, we have this mid level exception for you. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But no tr- trading for him. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because now we have to pay him forty-three million dollars just for it to expire, and then. Not. But if he wants to come here on a mid on a mid level, and join the chip team, go ahead. Be my guest. Be my guest. All right, let's get to it though. We we today is just Rumorville, man. We're just gonna go through all of the little rumors that you've been seeing. I'm not. And this, listen, disclaimer, guys. Reading through these does not mean we believe them. We're just reading through these because. Look, it's trade. It's trade deadline season. Let's have some fun, right? <laughs> Might as well read it. All right, where do you guys want to talk? What's, what's, what's where do you want to go first? Let's go to PJ. Let's go to PJ. One rumor I want to address: Knicks must trade for Hornets PJ Washington for championship push amid NBA rumors. Is is it really that serious? We must trade for him. For, we must trade for PJ. Is that the make or break piece? I'd already... I'd already Hell won. no. i already got us. <laughs> Funny enough, we made like a backup power forward list and PJ Washington was on a list. Now, this is before the at least Randall injury ever happened. Uh, uh Fact, uh, just to let you guys know, when we do these little list stuff, PJ Washington has been on the list for like two or three years. So it's kind of funny that he someone actually wrote a a, a, a write up about him. Um, but this rumor says New York Knicks uh, Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports reported the team has expressed legitimate interest in Charlotte Hornets P.J. Washington. The 25 year old power forward is seeing 29.3 minutes of floor time this season and is averaging 13.8 points. 5.3 rebounds and 2.2 assists per game. He's shooting career worst 33.1% from beyond the arc, but he is a career 36% shooter from downtown. He's also shooting 45% from the floor this year. Of course, the down year could be playoff attributed. I mean, down year could be attributed to playing for one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah, true, true. I, I mean, what do you guys think about PJ Washington? It's funny, guy. You know what? Ryan is the guy who usually pitches P.J. Washington. Let me ask Washington. Let me ask Ryan. What do you think about P.J. Washington?
2: I don't think he's a big need for the Knicks right now, honestly. I'm still still sticking to my guns. Like I still think the Knicks need a backup playmaker, backup scorer, preferably in the guard position. And P.J. Washington doesn't fit that mold, so he wouldn't be – tops of my list if I'm in the Knicks front office looking for an extra piece to add to the squad. I mean, he's a decent player when he got his head in the game, but besides that, nah. I'm good.
1: Nah. Playmaker. We need a playmaker. We need a playmaker. I don't... I don't, I don't understand. I don't think... Do you think this is... I don't think this is true at all, man. <laughs> I don't think it's...
2: Me neither, and to me it makes even less sense if the Knicks are expecting Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson to come back because it's like, where is he going to play? It don't make sense.
1: Right. Not for sure. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Lee.
3: Yeah, as someone who watches a lot of hoops outside of the Knicks, with my NBA lead pass subscription, uh, I've watched some Charlotte games, unfortunately. Sometimes it didn't feel like torture. And P.J. Washington, is he has that uh, Christian Wood style game where there's a lot of potential offensively and he has the right size and the right length where you look at him and he looks like the modern day NBA player, but he has zero dog in him. Mm. He doesn't have a uh, the way he plays effort wise. Uh, he d- doesn't have a real love for the game. I can almost guarantee the Nets do not acquire PJ Washington because he's the antithesis of what Tom Thibodeau appreciates in a player. I think tips would rather run with a precious Achua or a Ronnie Brewer than he would with a P.J. Washington. All that, the the, the salacious right, three-point shooting possibilities and his rebounding numbers, those are all padded stats on a bad team. I don't want any asset or player or person coming from Charlotte who's been in, engulfed in that culture <laughs> of misery and losing and, and lack of accountability. I have And let Gordon Hayward, is the only one who I think would go into an, a new situation and be grateful and would give it his all. But he's he's a broken bum, so I have no interest in him, too. Yeah, the- but all these young kids, that's all we know, man. Washington just got the bad, and he's he's back to playing like ass, averaging career lows and three-point percentage and awful metrics from the field overall as well. After getting paid, that tells me everything I need to know. I don't want to do that man almost Mitchell Robinson-level money Said $15, 16000000 a year. For another two years, when he's doing that type of effort on a nightly basis, total pass.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, he is—he doesn't have Lamelo Ball there, so you, you gotta—you gotta expect that he's—he's he's not gonna be able to carry offense. He's not gonna get the open looks he did, he had before. That's probably that could be why his shooting percentage is dropping. Um, so you gotta take that with a grain of salt. With that being said, though, I still don't think it makes sense to, to make a move for him, even with the descending contract, because like the contract really isn't that bad. It's like sixteen million, then it descends. When the cap is rising and, and this is descending, like like it really isn't bad. So you can do a heaven for PJ swap, no problem. But I don't even think this is true, though. Like I don't I don't I don't think this is true. It doesn't not feel I don't know the urgency to get PJ Washington here. I just I just I just don't see it. We have precious, like you said, who's a more of a tips guy. He he's I feel like he's adorned himself with the with the coaching staff. I don't see it. I don't see it. I know you guys really want to P.J. Washington in the chat. I know, you, <laughs> I know that's what he was waiting for when you came to this channel. P.J. Washington
2: news, right? Okay. <laughs> More news. There's also good news, though. What's that? Fred Cash just tweeted that Jalen Brunson walked out of the arena. No boot, no crutches walking freely. Let's go. <laughs>
1: hey, hey, hey. That's the best news we got today. Jalen Brunson, injury fee, free, walking out on his own free will. I'll take that. Let's go. That's that. Let's, let's take. Let's take it. I did. <laughs> Fritz, you did a video on him. Yo, salute to Fritz who started his own channel. Uh called the the what's the NBA Economy. Yo, shout out to Fritz. That's my that's
2: my guy. That's my guy. Yes, sir. That's best modern the
1: game. That's mod in the game. Hey. Okay. Mo- Prince, that might have to have you help here for some cap talk sometime. You know what I'm saying? Break down some cap stuff since you're the NBA economy guy. All right, Got to have our KT zone people on here. Got to, right? Facts. <laughs> all right. Knicks trade rumors. Latest buzz on Bruce Brown Jr., Jordan Clarkson, Olinick, and more. This one was interesting. This <laughs> Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports explained that while the Knicks have shown legitimate interest in Charlotte, Hornets... For PJ Washington, they appear more interested. Oh, this is interesting. More interested in Raptors guard Bruce Brown. Well, this I believe because Ian said it. So, and Ian's been saying it for like three weeks. He just, he, 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 every post game he goes, I just keep hearing Bruce Brown's name. I just keep hearing Bruce Brown's name. Um, So, this I definitely believe. The Raptors are believed to be seeking some return in the range of a first round pick in exchange for Brown. This part is interesting too. Because a week ago, the ask was a first-round pick and a young player. So I'm not sure what the accuracy of this report is, but it seems like the price has dropped. Which I mean, listen, a first-round pick and a young player might have just been posturing, you know, over-ask so they can hack you down and they get the price that you that it's really actually worth type of type of deal. Um, who was acquired from the Indiana Pacers as part of a Seattle trade? The Knicks have already reaped the benefits of trading with the Raptors, as the acquisition acquisition of OG Ananobi has paid off in a big way. Uh, uh, uh. However, the Knicks don't appear to be interested in moving one of their most coveted players. Fisher noted it's become a clear it's become clear that the team isn't willing to part with Quentin Grimes. Unless New York is trading the young swing man for a perceived upgrade and not for a different back of rotation piece. This part was big to me um, because I was worried about this, but I shouldn't have been worried about this because Leon's not stupid. (laughs)
2: Leon's
1: not stupid. All this Trey Grimes stuff was happening because the fan base was was frustrated with him. At the end of the day, defensively, he's still... Chemistry with these guys on here, and know what Tom Thibodeau wants offensively. He's been shaky this season. Um, I still personally feel like he can be a great player, um, but reading the tea leaves, he's probably not going to be here next season, or he's not going to be here two seasons from now. The way things are going, I'd be very, I'd be extremely surprised to be honest, But at least I know that they're not going to trade him for a bench piece. That, that seems, that just seems dumb to me.
3: I have very minimal interest in acquiring Bruce Brown, except for the fact that he's won a championship and he was probably the fourth or fifth most impactful player on that Denver Nuggets team. But the inconsistency in his shot and kind of the lack of playmaking, uh, uh, the level of playmaking we need for that position, uh, I'm out. But I do think, unfortunately, this is the most likely move that it's are going to make. I think Bruce Brown is probably what we're going to end up with at the trade deadline
1: yeah I agree I don't know if you have any any thoughts on Bruce Brown
2: or Ryan um I mean I pretty much agree with Lee um he's not my first choice he wouldn't be the guy that I'd be targeting on the top of my list if the Knicks were to trade for Bruce Brown I wouldn't be overly upset just for a simple fact. I've seen, him playing the, I've seen him playing the playoffs for the Nuggets, and he was a good performer in the playoffs. He can he can rise to the occasion, the, the moment doesn't scare him, and you can guarantee that he's going to perform his best. But when it comes to the Knicks' need, I feel like they, they need more of a playmaker, so he doesn't really fit that mold. So he wouldn't be on top of my list, but he's one of those guys where it's like, if the Knicks traded for him, I wouldn't be overly mad. Yeah.
3: That's hard, to.
1: Yo, it's crazy... He is Josh Hart part two. The only thing is he's better than Josh Hart in the playoffs because Josh Hart. <laughs> true. That is true. That That's is the true. only thing. It's like way well, better. Be, well, you know what? Versus the Cavs, Josh Hart was different. He was. Uh, he was. Josh Hart. He Josh Hart did his thing versus the Cavs. He helped us tremendously win that Cavs series, but. When you when you force Josh Hart to shoot jump shots, it gets scary. <laughs> it gets really scary. And that's when you're just like, oh, crap, where do we go now? Maybe that's when you plug in Bruce Brown. I don't know, because at least I'm, I'm looking at his cleaning the glass stats in the playoffs. Let's see. Yo, it's funny, because yeah, in the playoffs, he shot 42% from non-corner three, which isn't bad. Which isn't bad, but like during the season, he was shooting thirty five percent from three. So he's a gamer. (laughs) He's a gamer. (laughs) He's a gamer. So it's one of those things where we're probably gonna be very frustrated for three and a half quarters.
2: Then that fourth quarter he shows
1: up. Yeah,
0: (laughs) he's a shot like
1: that. That's 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 what I'm that's what I'm looking at when it comes to Bruce Brown, just being. Extremely frustrated for three and a half quarters in the playoffs and then fourth quarter just losing your just losing your mind.
3: <laughs>
1: That's how I see it. That's how I see it. More rumors. It's rumor day. It's rumor day. This one is a happy rumor. See, look, even the lady is floating. Look. Okay. <laughs> Jazz guard Jordan Clarkson would welcome a trade to Knicks per insight. that and this is from this is from uh t jones this guy's on he's like the utah beat writer uh i can tell you from my conversations with people around the situation i think that jordan clarkson would welcome a trade to the Knicks if that's how it would go down there is another team out west he would welcome a trade to I'm not going to say the name of that team and the reason why I'm not going to say the name of that team is because There's very little chance of that trade happening. Um, Also in the article, they kind of mentioned how he's been shooting bad lately and they feel like the trade rumors are getting to him. So I know everybody's kind of making fun of him when he's playing the Knicks and he's he's playing like uh, absolute butt cheeks. But it it could just be, you know, he just doesn't know where he wants to go. He's he's scared he's going to be traded and the rug's going to be pulled from under him. So that could be what it is. But I already know. I already know what your thoughts are on Jordan Clarkson.
3: I love him, man. He was my top my top trade target. I have been convinced by a lot of the argument Jay Ellis has made about the importance of the corner three point broadens efficiency there in comparison to Jordan Clarkson, who is ass cheats from the corner. He's ass cheats from three, period. But especially the corner, he's in one of the worst percentiles uh, from those Marts. And that's a key, that's a key cog in Tom Thibodeau's system. Yeah, uh, I don't think as many opportunities for him to be on ball because uh, of Brunson, especially in closing moments, but he's a great decoy and he can get hot and win you a game, maybe even a series. We haven't seen that yet, playoff series, but I think he can under the, with the right team and the right coach. But I think Broadden is the better choice, and I'm all in on Malcolm Broadden right now as my top trade target.
1: Yeah, I wish. I wish. I wish. The Knicks were rolling on them. I don't know, it doesn't seem like it. I'll get to that next. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna get to the Jordan Clarkson cleaning the stats, numbers, and stuff, so you know what we're talking about. Because we talked about this before. Um
3: Ryan, how do you feel about Jordan Clarkson? Has your opinion changed at all? Or has
2: it stayed the same? I mean it's still the same. Um for me, Jordan Clarkson is pretty much in the same boat as Bruce Brown for me in the terms of, you know, if the Knicks traded for him, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly upset because I do feel like Jordan Clarkson fits a need, which is, you know, that backup point guard. And like you said, Jordan Clarkson can fill it up at any time. He has that capability where he can drop 20, 25, even 30 on you on a given night. Um, And, and, and he'll definitely give Brunson – that rest in games as well because you can trust Clarkson to run an offense and score for you coming off the bench but it's just his shooting is the is the the main thing that kind of turns me off in the defense so it's like as an alternate option if the Knicks end up with him I won't be overly upset but he's not my top choice. Six five wings, you know how to lo- you know
1: how the Knicks love them wings, bro. You know them, they love them six five wings. You can't get enough of it. <laughs> but here we go. Uh Shooting thirty percent from three. This is cleaning the glass. Cleaning the glass takes out cleaning the glass stats. They take out garbage time stats, so it doesn't inflate numbers. It doesn't. It's, it's straight up. When the game is important, it takes those stats in consideration. So shoots thirty percent all three corner three. 38%, not as bad as everywhere else. Um he's having a down year in general, it seems like. Even at the Remy shooting badly, it just it could be it just could be where he's at right now. It could be the team has been the team started off slow too. So I don't know what it is with Jaden Jordan Clarkson. Maybe to change the scenery would do him well. But uh funny enough, the Knicks seem to be interested in him though. So we can get to that rumor too. We can get to let's get what's 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 the to let's get to the let's get to Ian. to Nick's trade deadline notes, including oh y'all can't read. Y'all don't see this. My bad. My bad. Hold on. Can y'all
2: can I see? Yeah, we can see it now.
1: My bad, guys. Ian in the put. Po- Nick's trade deadline notes, including who is and who isn't all right. a few footnotes getting closer to Thursday's NBA trade deadline, part Julius Randle, here we go, skip all this part. It's also challenging to find a deal that makes sense for Evan Fournier, Quentin Grimes and draft compensation. Now, as Randall tries to recover from his shoulder, this location and the trade down approaches, the Knicks are hopeful. They can add a player to bolster their bench. Um, Yeah, so it seems like uh, what I've been hearing Ian Begley say and what he's kind of writing here too is they've been trying to move Evan Fournier Quentin Grimes, and a pick for something, but they haven't found success in looking for trades like that so because of that it seems like more than likely that quentin grimes is going to actually stay here but um also when you're looking at this you see bruce brown's name mentioned again <laughs> yep. which makes me believe bruce brown everybody's saying bruce brown bruce brown bruce brown bruce brown that's the most that's the name i've been seeing the most over the last three weeks yep. is bruce brown so if you had money my money be i probably have five dollars in bruce brown on Allie Burks. (laughs) As we noted, Bruce Brown has been on the club's radar. One factor in the Brown trade would would Toronto do another deal with the Knicks. Utah's Jordan Clarkson, according to reports, has been on the Knicks' radar. Utah's asking price for Clarkson had been high as of last month. Remember that rumor that went around lee where they said utah wanted like uh first plus grimes and evan fournier and they wanted grimes for taking on evan fournier's contract yeah i think that was actually real because i don't quote me i think i heard Ian kind of reference that and, and and kind of saying how high their price was um so i think that was actually real so when other teams are posturing to get more things that stuff out of people, Utah be for real. They they be really wanting that price. <laughs> they really they be really wanting the price, yo.
3: Jail is breaking news? Huh? That breaking news.
1: Breaking news. What happened?
3: I'm all in on Albert Burns.
1: You all in? on? A-
4: convinced you? Who convinced you?
3: You did. Uh, I remember you showing me his corner three numbers and three and uh, pull up numbers from the perimeter. And you're right, man. It's all about fit. I'm looking at how this front office is operating. It's all about fit. They're really building around Brunson and Tom Thibodeau. Burt's made sense. You can trust him. You know, he's has averaged to slightly above average playmaking, but it's a shooting for me. Now he's also a gamer. I like that he plays better in clutch moments to me. it's like, Hey, off the bench, or pairing him with DiVincenzo, D- that can be deadly in allowing him for more space and Brunson and Randall operating, driving to the basket, or operating in mid-range. I'm in. Oh, snap. I got, hey, hey, huh? <laughs> Hey, I got. Uh, I
2: mean, I, I guess it won't be so bad. Uh, <laughs> if, 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 if you play 10 minutes per game at point guard rather than 25-30, so maybe it won't be so bad. So.
1: That's what I was saying. It's not going to be an IQ situation. Where he's like, all right, you're the starting point guard now. Like, it's not going to be that. Like, still, go- he's not going to bench Brunson for Alec Burks. All right. I promise you. So, you know.
4: <laughs> now, what it's you not- might see
1: is you might see a little bit of off-ball uh, Brunson. A little bit of off-ball. But you also don't see-, see Alec Burks at the two.
3: I don't love it. I'm not asking for it. But if it happens, I'm in. I'm not, I'm not going to protest uh, or, be, or be furious or have to go on, on a podcast. I mean, the first thing I talk about. Burts and Broadden, I like as much or more than Partson. who used to be my number one option.
1: Yeah. yeah I feel you on that. I, I, I still feel like Broden might be – I don't know. Brogdon has that defensive – I mean, I mean Burts can play defense. He's no slouch defensive. He's now a lockdown guy. He's not. He's not the. He's not the lockdown guy, but he's not a bad defender either. He's not a bad defender, and he's told not the guard too. So I'll take. I'll take it. I feel like Ryan wanted to say something. No. Okay.
2: I'll
1: I'll live with it. He's defeated. Ryan's defeated. I'll I'll, I'll live with it. He's (laughs) defeated.
2: I'll live with it. I'll live with it. All right. Oh
1: man. That's fine. That's fine. I'll keep reading it. Then I'll get to the the Alec Burks stats. All right. Just for Ryan. All right. (laughs) Uh, Utah Jordan Clarkson, according to reports, has been on the Knicks radar. YouTube's asking price for Clarkson had been high last month. Alec Burks is still on New York's radar at the moment. The Knicks can offer Detroit draft compensation in a package of players to get Burks. Package of players with an S? Players. That doesn't make sense
2: to me. Is that a typo, Ian? Like I hope, I pray to God that's a typo.
1: You know what I mean? He's talking about different options. Because to me, to me, it would be Evan Fournier, and you, we would get back Burks and some guy they don't want. That's the way I see it in my
2: head. Like why? Like I don't understand what Yo, else. I'm not, I'm, I'm not giving up multiple players for Burks. Hell no. Because
1: Burks is ten million dollar contract. Like what? What? What are we giving up? Evan is nineteen million. So they would have to give us multiple players if we're trying to move Evan. Yeah. I don't know. Unless they're saying, ooh, we're gonna give up. Mitch.
2: No, I don't even see that. That don't even make no sense to me. They might just throw Killian Hayes in there. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it might be Killian Hayes <laughs> and Burks. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, back up point guard. <laughs> He'd be behind now, like high flame. All right. <laughs> he would be the fourth point guard. That's for sure. That's for sure, for sure. Oh, man. All right. The Knicks can offer Detroit draft compensation package for Burks. There is an element of familiarity here because of Burks played, because Burks played and played well for Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks in 2021. I would expect New York and Detroit to remain engaged on Burks as we get closer, closer to Thursday at 3 p.m. So watch out for All Burks. But also, this is this is crazy to me. Beyond Burks. What my, What about Malcolm Brogdon? Before I get to this, should I get to the Burke stats? You want to see the Burke stats first?
2: We might as well. Let's, <laughs> let, 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 let's, let's cheer up the Knicks fans out there who are stressed about his <laughs> Burke
1: name. Oh man! All right, let me just show y'all what Alec Burke is doing. First of all, Burke's actually shot well when he's with the Knicks. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just keep it a beam. All right. When he was with the Knicks, he was in the 84th percentile from three. He just, he was, he was, he was all right. I mean, this season, his mid range hasn't been there, but shooting 40% from three, 39%, 39% from the corner, um, 40% from the non-corner. He, he, he hits you with the bubble break threes. He can, if you, if you give him a pick at the top of the key, he will come off that pick and shoot a three in your eye. Every single damn time. So he's always good for that. Um, and I, I feel like with more playmakers around him, I feel like these numbers will go up. Like I I'll always worry about vets and their numbers playing on bad teams because I feel like they usually take a dip. Surprisingly, his hasn't really dipped that bad. Except for the mid-range is bad. But the three-point shooting is there. Three-point shooting is there. All right. Coo, coo, coo. More rumors. Beyond Burks. What about Malcolm Malcolm Brockton? Now, this one is crazy to me because I know for everybody here, we've been talking about Malcolm Brockton for a long time. And he feels like the perfect guy, but the Knicks seem like they're not really interested in figuring out how to get him here. It says, what about Malcolm Brockton? ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski said on his podcast that Brogdon is unlikely to be moved. We hadn't heard any advance in his discussions on New York and Portland regarding Brogdon entering his this week. The Knicks had been among the teams with interest in Atlanta's DeJounte Murray, but given the success of their team when healthy, I don't think New York would make such a seismic change at this point. So it seems like uh, we're not going after DeJounte Murray. And we haven't had much discussion on Malcolm Brogdon outside of rumors that there has been some interest, which is one of those things that make you go, hmm, type of moments, you know? Like, why haven't we inquired more about Brogdon? Unless Portland is posturing, because Portland is losing. Like, why are you hanging on to a veteran with two years left on his contract and not flipping that for a first? Like, to me, that just seems weird. That just seems weird to me. Um, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Ryan.
2: No, I was basically saying the same thing. I don't understand why they would want to keep Brogdon. Um, they're a rebuilding team. They're not doing well this season, and Brogdon could at least give them a first round pick back in their arsenal, with which they can use to draft you know young, more young players to um, add to the roster and develop it over time. So I don't understand why they're keeping Brogdon, but it it, it is kind of weird to me. And as for J Murray, um, it makes sense because he, or, originally I wanted DeJounte Murray on the Knicks. I felt like, you know, his high-level playmaking and, and the and the fact that he plays good defense, he's not, he's not a bad catch, he's not a bad catch and shoot three-point shooter as well. Mm-hmm. I thought that he would fit in well with the Knicks. And he was one of those players that it could be a home run for the Knicks, where if it works out well, it could possibly it could possibly propel them to at least the NBA Finals. But I can also understand the Knicks thinking where they're looking at the lineup the way it is, the starting lineup, and the way they're meshing. You really don't want to mess with that chemistry. And that's what made me change my mind from Dejounte Murray and try to and change my mind to like going after a guy like Brogdon or, or a player of that ilk because of the fact that the starting unit is playing so well on both sides of the ball, you yeah. really don't want to mess up. And you, and you know that if you bring in the John T. Murray, he's not going to come off the bench. You're going to have to slide him into that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you don't know how to how that's going to mess up the chemistry. So I can understand the Knicks taking that stand. So, yeah, I mean, the more we think about it, it's looking like it's going to be either Bruce Brown or Alec Burks is one or the other. Yeah. That's what I'm getting
1: from. This is why I was reading through all the rumors just trying to get you because I, I believe Ian above all. That's just how I roll most of the time. I, like Ian, Scott, Woj, oh, I I look to I'm not sure about all this other stuff talking about PJ Washington and I don't know I'm I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> I'm not too sure about that at all. Um so yeah, and only the other thing is the Grimes thing. It says Utah Wash, Utah, Washington, Atlanta are among teams with interest in Grimes. The difficulty in moving Grimes is he's on a rookie contract and there are no players available who match his salary and ability. So again, we're hearing the Knicks are not really keen on moving Grimes right now. Newsday compared Grimes' situation to Emmanuel Quickly's, and I would agree, Grimes is eligible for an extension this summer. If the Knicks don't move him at the deadline, I would assume they'll continue to take calls on him ahead of the NBA draft and in the offseason. So, I'm not sure. I know there's been, you know, I know people have been like, hey, he's been held out for a while. Maybe he's he could be involved in the trade. Maybe they're holding him just in case of the off chance he might be involved in the trade. I don't know. Because he played, Grimes played on a bad knee. He He, he injured his knee, came back in the game and played on a bad knee. So I feel like he might be healthy enough to play because he did play on a bad knee. But maybe they're just being cautious just in case a trade pops out of nowhere. That's the only thing I can think of. But it doesn't seem likely that a trade is popping out of nowhere. It seems like it's going to be Bruce Brown or Alec Burks. So I know you guys are hearing the jante Mertz. The Knicks is definitely happening. Yeah, I, I, I know you guys are hearing that, but um, I, I I I I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold
2: my breath. Right, who's who's saying that, Ryan? Who, who have you heard who's saying? It? It, was, it was some Tommy, what Tommy D or s- somebody like that. I think that's his name was saying that Murray trade to is imminent, but he's the only he's the only one saying it though. Like no other sources are reporting that.
1: Tommy, no comment. <laughs> Basically, who's man Who's man Is that?
3: There is one other bum uh mentioning the Murray oh. <laughs> I've heard I've heard, heard him called Sergeant Sources, uh, which is a hilarious clown nickname for a well-deserving bum. Robert Randolph, everyone's favorite uh, uh accordion player for Friday Night Knits theme song is saying that a trade is imminent. He's been dropping Denzel Washington gifts. All day, uh, so I guess Sergeant Sources has James Dolan on speed dial, and he has the inside stoop on a Murray move. Uh, yeah, I think, I think my man has CTE, man.
1: Damn.
2: <laughs> Every <laughs> year, wait, 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 the wait, same wait, wait, thing. Lee, don't forget. Robert Randolph also said that he heard that Grimes is going to be involved in the trade. He was going to call the front office to make sure that they do not trade Grimes. Do not forget to add that. Do not forget to add. Is
1: that, that. what happened? Is that what's happening right now? <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Woo, well we're gonna see. Yo, if, if if Grimes gets traded for DeJounte Murray, then we're gonna have to take the bruh.
2: <laughs> yo, yo, if it happens. Yo, we got to take Robert Brad more seriously. We, we
1: got to take it more serious, man. If it happens, we got to take it more serious. That apology is coming if it happens.
3: If it happens, I'm driving to the dollar store and I'm buying his album at the Ben that day. Yo, that day. If, going to the dollar store.
1: If he scoops in, then then. <laughs> if he scoops in, you deserve it. You deserve you. You deserve your powers if he scoops in. All right? <laughs> the trust in Ian Bangle but man i don't know what you guys think what you guys think did you feel like anything is true you feel like dejounte is true do you feel like bruce brown alec burks is true do you feel like we getting clarkson how do you guys feel in the chat trade deadline is coming up man trade deadline is coming up oh i will say also this um shout out to everybody in the chat right now we will have the great The esteemed Dexter Henry on the show. He will be on the post-game show on Thursday night. That will be the day that the trade deadline ends. So I'm sure he's going to be extremely tired because he's going to to be doing shows that day. And then he's going to come over here with us and talk to us about the trade deadline. So I want you guys to be prepared for Dexter Henry. Always have great conversations and great episodes whenever he's here. So. Shout out to Dexter Henry, man, running the real ones. If you have not listened, I want y'all to go to Sny and Dex, go and watch Dexter Henry's show on trade deadline day. I know he's going to be having a show that day, so definitely tune into that. All right, and support our guy Dexter Henry because he, right. he he put us on, he got us all on. He had us, he had us on this, all on the show on um on Sny. So definitely go check that out. All right. All right. Cool, cool. Now it's time. It's time for the part of the show that some people love. A lot of people love. Bruh. Bruh picks. Bruh picks are usually the worst plays of the game. Um, Sometimes it doesn't have to be worst play of this Knicks game. It can be any basketball game. Also, bruh picks can be something bad, something terrible, something stupid, something dumb that happened that you want to point out. And we'll point out. So now it is time for the broad pick segment of the show. All right. Ryan Ryan wants to go. Ryan is smiling already
2: before he even says anything. I got a couple. (laughs) My first broad pick goes to former Knicks great Robin Lopez.
1: (laughs) What did Robin Lopez do?
2: (laughs) There was a play. In the Bucks versus Jazz game in the first quarter, where my guy, he, he went back to his college days. My guy had a ball in his hands. He was in the post, did a spin move, turned around with the hook shot, Mm-mm. and Kessler muffed his shot and sent it the other way. Oh. And then my guy Lopez got back the ball, and my guy turned into a playmaker. He was like, you know what? One of my guys going to be open at the corner for three. I'm going to pass it to the corner. My guy passed out of bounds. Nobody there. Bruh. <laughs> <Drop him up. laughs>
1: so the back-to-back bros on the Drake bros. Okay, I see you.
2: Yes. And my next bug pick, you know, because sometimes I watch first... Episode, well, not, I'm not going to say sometimes. Most days, I do watch first take in the mornings from 10 to 12. And my guy embarrass himself on national TV, and his name is Mad Dog Russo, mm. because him and Stephen A was having an argument about who's the real New Yorker and blah blah blah. And mike and this guy Mad Dog said that he was in New York for forty years, doing a radio show, and saying that he's a true New Yorker and blah blah blah. And then proceeded to say that he's from 51st and 1st on the west side. And if you're from New York, you know 51st and 1st is not on the west side. It's on the east side. It's on Bruh. the east. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? He's like 60 something. That's correct.
1: <laughs> That's the old New York supposed to know that. If you're 60 something, if you're 60 something years old, you didn't have a map, you didn't have you didn't have like the phones, Google Maps. Like you actually like had to memorize. Shit. <laughs>
2: exactly. So you should know that. I'm like yo, you in New York for you've been in New York for 40 years, and you and you you trying to tell me that you don't know that First Avenue's on the East Side and and not on the West. Side? Yeah, you lying. Like him and LeBron
1: James, man, both of Bruh. them. <laughs> Reading from the same book. <laughs> Oh man. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, oh, I two picks right there. Okay. Okay. Two strong
3: ones. I like it. I got a, a bruh pick and I got a ooh pick. Uh, my bruh pick, one word, Drake. Oh. <laughs> ooh pick, I'll, let, I'll let y'all google. Bruh. Just don't do doodle do image.
1: Oh and, man.
3: And then my ooh pick. So I wrote a piece. First of all, I said Jalen Brunson's the best point guard in the NBA. I was the first person to say that. Not you, Perk! You plagiarizer! I said it, I said it before Perk. I said it before Perk. And then day after, Perk said it. But then I said, you know what? I'm going to be the first person to write that. So I wrote the article for Deadspin, Jalen Brunson's the best point guard in the NBA, and I laid out a whole case uh why he is, in my opinion, not only a superstar, but the best PG in the NBA. And lo and behold, it has blown up. It's the highest read article on Deadspin uh, two days in a row, which has been awesome. Yeah! uh, It also got an interesting comment in the Deadspin thread on Twitter from the account of the new uh, Roommates show from Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart. Now, in my mind, that's Jalen Brunson commenting agreed that he is the best to be because this sounds like his sense of humor it might be uh, a 19 year old white kid in idaho <laughs> social media account. could be i don't know i don't know but i'm gonna say in my mind in my heart it was Jalen brunson so let's go ladies First, first on rosas that's Jalen brunson in a- yes in a- in a- Let's go. It's either him or his intern,
1: but close enough. Let's go.
3: <laughs> Maybe it's Robert Randolph.
1: Who knows? Oh man. <laughs> oh man. But yo, salute to Lee for if you, you know agree, Lee is a fantastic writer, so definitely check it out. I posted it on the um there is a clip that, that I clipped up about Jalen Brunson being the best point guard, that whole discussion. So you can definitely check it out on KOT clips. And if you go there, you'll see the article pinned at the top if you want actually read it. Um, or actually, I could probably pin it here, actually.
3: Bet. Appreciate that.
1: Can I pin it here? Can I pin it here? Yo, if I can sign it to my Twitter, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, man. Side note, my Twitter got hacked on my computer, so I can't sign on to my Twitter on this computer. I have to sign it on my laptop. I don't know why, why are people be trying to hack me, dog. It'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so it might take me longer to pin it. Maybe if if Fritz can find it and pin it down and post it, maybe I can pin it from there. That'd be great.
2: Coach, yes, Jacob Toppin is in the slam dunk contest. That's why Tibbs is not playing him because he's trying to rest him for the slam dunk. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh salute! So, wait a minute. We got. We, wait, we
1: have to do some salutes too. Actually. Ooh pick for, I actually got an ooh pick for for, um, for Mike Breen and Cl- or Clyde Frazier celebrating 25 years on the air. Yeah man, we gotta mention that. Those guys have been the best duo since peanut butter and jelly and they've been doing it well uh, all these years and we couldn't, and we MSG and Knicks games would not be the same without those two. So congratulations for 25 years of success. Man. 25 years of rhymes and moments and and Jamal Crawford's and Jalen Brunson's and all, all everything. So salute salute to those guys for having a tremendous career for
3: MSG and his Knicks. All right. May I comment on that? Huh? Yeah, may I say something about that? Sure, sure. I want to extend it to uh Oopit for my main man, Dollar Bill. Bill Bradley, a member of the 1970-1973 championship team, uh, a, a Yale grad, uh, a road uh, an all-around good dude, former presidential candidate for the Democratic Party um, uh, about 30 years ago. And he was interviewed today by Clyde and Breen, and he said something really beautiful. He was commenting on the division that exists in the United States, the partisan divisionship, which I think is ruining this country, mm-hmm. uh, both in both on the left and the right, where we can't even have civil discourse with each other and talk about ideas. We have to be so attached to our party and we can't let the other side win uh, is a really deranged and and, uh, ridiculous way of thinking. And I see it, family members, friends, social media, it's everywhere. Dower Bill had a really great quote. They were asking him about the documentary that he made. He calls it, I think, a a visual uh, memoir, a, a visual biography. And he said the reason he did it as he wanted to tell his story and hopefully people start seeing him not just as a politician or a basketball player, but a human being. And a lot of that meant that he had to get very vulnerable and go in some places, talk about some things that'd be very difficult. But one of the, the gems that he dropped before the interview ended, is they asked him, hey, how, how do you, what, what do you hope that Dr. Murray does in terms of bringing the nation together? And he said that he hopes that Americans learn not to let down on people that you don't understand. Mm. And That was a really poignant, profound statement because I think the right does that with people who are on the left who identify as socialist or trans or or, uh, progressive, whatever it may be. And the left doesn't, the right, with people who identify with being MAGA or conservative or evangelical, people like to demean each other. I think there's a really beautiful moment on Bradley to realize, you know, just because you don't understand it and it's different doesn't mean that it's wrong and you should let down it. So I just wanted to build Bradley Uh, his flowers for dropping that gem that was much needed in today's divisive times
1: good point well said very well said you're at
3: Princeton not Yale thank you Les Bonner you're right all
1: right well said very well said all right all right also I also want to give a a shout out to Jalen Brunson because he's going to be in the three-point shooting contest in the all-star game so shout out Jalen Brunson Yeah, take that home, buddy. Take that home. Show yes, them who's sir. boss, man. I want you to take out, take out all the Steph Curry's and the Thames and the, and the, Dames and the oh, everybody. Halliburton, take take them all out. I'm ready. I'm ready to see that. Yes, sir. All right. all right. that's that's the show. Thank you guys for watching. Yeah. So Lee, let them know his book club time. Lee, let them know where they can find you. Lee.
3: Uh, Find me on Twitter at underscore Lee Estabito, L-E-E-E-S-C-O-B-E-D-O. And in about a day or two, hit that search bar, hashtag bum. You will see me fighting with the entire Mavs nation. They call themselves hashtag MFFL because I have a magnum opus dropping on why the Dallas Mavericks need to fire both Nito Harrison and Jason Kidd, the worst GM and coach in the NBA. (laughs) Full. of flamethrowers uh i am not a casual i know that team i watch every game and i have for about 23 years and i have all the receipts so i'm I'm about to burn the aac down and the mads organization with it uh book club time non-political i've been really in the comments lately i've been really getting back into the batman series and this book arkham asylum has almost no action, no fights. There's no Joker, Batman phase-off, no Bane, no Riddler battles. It's all psychological. And he has these very long diatribes with each of the characters while he's touring Arkham. And they have his basic battle of the minds. And it's a really brilliant book written by Grant Morrison. uh, And most importantly, Dave McPeanan who is an artist for Sandman. If you like Neil Gaiman's Sandman series, beautiful artwork. JLS, I think, as a graphic designer, you'd really appreciate it. If you look at his old, late 80s, early 90s Sandman books, uh, Dave McKean was the illustrator for those, and they're really surrealist, gorgeous, and lush. Lots of great uses of grays, silvers, blacks, whites. He stays very monochromatic. And this book right here, even though it has no battle scenes, one of the best written comics read in a while. Shout out, Batman. Shout out, Grant. Shout out, Dave.
4: <laughs>
1: Lee with the book recommendations. Hey, man, sometimes the psychological warfare is even better. Sometimes the story is is like, shoot, people people like Kill Bill. I was like, I like Kill Bill, too. It's not that much fighting Kill Bill, too. I just like the... Facts. (laughs) I just like the the, the psychological stuff and the story, the storytelling. But Sometimes it's not all about the action, but sometimes well-placed action is is fun. All right. So, salute. All right, Ryan G, let her know where he can find you, sir.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. You can also find me on Instagram at Sir is chilling. Sir G annoying.
1: is chilling.
2: That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. And you know what? My fault, chat. I forgot to add one more broad pick. Boom. After the Knicks Lakers game, my guy was talking to, um while his interview, he had on the Knicks towel trying to send messages to. The front office of the Lakers saying that time is ticking. Uh, you need to make a move and blah, blah, blah. With his passive aggressive threats and things of that nature. Yo, LeBron James, stop using the Knicks for your own personal game. B, stop it. Bruh. Stop. Was Torian Prince trying to come to the Knicks too? Because he had on Knicks out. Was he trying to come to the Knicks?
1: <laughs> 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 we a three and D guy here who can't shoot three. I don't know. <laughs>
2: that could be. That could be.
1: I have no clue. Maybe. Yeah, I know. Yo, I forgot. Bro, pick. Can bro pick the doc? Yo, no, Doc Rivers, man. Bro,
2: Doc Rivers. Did we do a Doc Rivers bro pick? He's had several bros since he came to the Bucks. So the Doc Rivers. How
1: Doc Rivers waited till the end of the game. Wait, end of the game situation. They had Damian Lillard passing the ball in. To Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is a 60% foul shooter. With the game on the line. And the Bucks down. And of course, you know what they did. As soon as the ball went into Giannis Antetokounmpo, they fouled him. And the Bucks ended up Blues in the game. Bruh. Doc Rivers about to get fired on his day off already. Right I'm telling you, man.
2: <laughs> He's, about to get
1: He's about to get fired next week, man.
2: That... Yo, and, and, and to make it worse, they lose to the Suns right now, too. It seems like the Suns about to hand him another L tonight. Oh. <laughs> has,
1: has he won yet?
2: Well, I think Listen. one game, and he's lost the rest. So That's true. The, here's, the, here's,
1: the, the, here's why the Brooks's fool's goal in the first place. They're, they were second in the East, and they had, like, the easiest schedule in the NBA. So, from now on... It's going to be straight up uppercuts, overhand right type of schedule for these Bucks. And they have a new coach, <laughs> new system to learn. And they're going to get rocked. I'm, I'm looking to see how far this stone is going to drop.
2: I, now, Bucks are three right now. I feel like they're going to drop the fourth. Yeah, I feel I feel like they're going to drop the to fourth too.
1: I feel like they're going to drop the fourth. Like, and that Knicks get healthy. I, I we can definitely be second.
2: Third facts. minute. I think. I think. I think. I think. Second is going to be between the Knicks and the Cavs.
1: Knicks and the Cavs for sure. Third minute. we need. You just need to get healthy. But we can. Yeah. We definitely looking like second. This is definitely looking like a finals type
3: pathway. We just need to get healthy. We just need to get healthy. I'm, I'm thinking beyond that. Doc Rivers could be the move that frees Giannis finally in a summer or two. You never know, man. Doc is that level bump. He could really, he could really end <laughs> up having to force his way out. Yo,
1: bro, pick the Giannis, though. Bruh. You got so hyped that Dame Lillard signed that contract that you committed to four years, and you, 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 you messed up, bro. <laughs> you messed up, man. You were too eager. You were too hyped. I already know what happened. They signed Dame Lillard and the gym was like. See what we did for you. Here's the contract. He was mad. I'm like, yeah, sign it. I'm signing now. Then wait for mm-hmm. it to come together. He was just hyped to have Damien. in.
2: Exactly. Pretty much ruined his chance to come to the damn Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Giannis, you see what you could have had it with the Knicks. So gets, you see, I don't know, could,
3: man. Uh, you know, free agency isn't really the, the methodology used anymore for for major superstars. Everyone kind of signs those extensions and then asked out. So get the bad. Right. And they perf- but the thing Lee
1: is when you sign a four-year extension like you don't have as much leverage mm. so like, it depends on how i don't know how because you you see look at look at the look at the james harden situation you know like sometimes gms can be like oh yeah i'll, I'll do this for you i can send you here like lucky end up with the clippers but some well look at the Dame situation actually they want to go to the heat but he signed a long term deal. Um, and there's no real danger of him forcing his way out of the the bucks because of, because of his contract. He has less leverage, so they was able to just trade him to the bucks instead of having a one year deal and going, I'm not gonna re-up here, I'll just go to the heat next year. So, like they he could have he could have forced his way to the heat if he didn't sign up, if he wasn't a long term deal. So that, that stuff matters. That stuff matters. <laughs> Yo, yeah. But we'll see. Ooh, we will see. We gonna see. All right. That's our show. Thank you guys for watching. Um, You already know. Follow us on the KLT show on Twitter, the Nick of Tom show on Instagram, the Nick of Tom show on Facebook as well. Also, shout out to the chat, man. I appreciate the chat. Shout out to the KLT followers, man. I appreciate the followers. Shout out to Gregory Lee. Shout out to Fritz. Shout out to Most High, Mansa, Deshaun. Shout out to Kerwin, Nixon shout out i've seen some i've seen some yo shout out to trey b ryan shout out to trav b ryan We got got the rhymes over here shout out to you my guy uh lee bonner james sumler everybody else is rocking with the klt show i appreciate y'all support and the following man please like share subscribe share 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 we need a small we like small but big but small but big we're in this weird klt space <laughs> nick space but we almost we trying to get to ten thousand subscribers. So if we get to that ten thousand subscriber mark, look out! Do you know the access and the stuff? When it comes with the ten thousand subscribers, man. Do you know? So help us get to ten k. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, you don't have to help us. But if you like the <laughs> show, you're just coming back. You haven't subscribed, but you keep catching shows. You might as well hit that subscribe and helps us hit ten thousand subscribers. All right, all right. Oh, the super chats. You're right. My bad. My bad. Shout out to the super chats. Shout out to John Baines who sends a 499 super chat. So shout out to my guys Lee. Let's make SA happen. I should be back in Texas. Oh, and Dad. who's y'all favorite? Who's your favorite name at the deadline?
3: Uh I'm to address that first part. I met John Baines. I, I've told this story before in San Antonio a couple of years It's a nine it's 2019, 2020 season. We went to the very first game and we met a bunch of players, including Thanks Kevin up. Knott, Clyde Frazier, Uh, and he's been my buddy ever since, and now he's a mod in the chat. So he he has seen my whole rise as a sports writer and now a part of a TOT team. Uh I will see you in San Antonio. Pops and I are buying tickets it soon. I'll get, get in touch with you. Uh top name at the deadline, Malcolm Brogdon. Um
1: same. Malcolm Brogdon.
2: Yeah, same here as well. Even though it's looking like Bruce Brown, I Great. Uh, <laughs> All
1: right. Also, one ninety nine super chat from Keith Watkins. Salute to you. All right. Gregory Gregory Lee says, "When is Ebony coming back? Ebony's coming back when she's here, man. <laughs> when she's here, she's here. Trust me, we love Ebony when she's here. But she'll be back. She's they always come back. All right, she'll be back. <laughs> All right. That is the show." Thank you guys for watching, and as always, shout out to Worldwide Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Some mess out here in these Knicks, YouTube, and Twitter streets. That's the show. Trade Deadline is coming. Watch out for Dexter on Thursday. All right? He'll be here. We out of here. Peace. New York, New York, big city, your dreams.
0: I'm coming, coming, coming straight out. out. New York, New York, big city dreams in